Welcome back to the Balance Goalie Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. We are in the special Luminaries edition of this show. Luminaries edition is a special series that we do to highlight our outstanding women who inspire, influence, and ignite a better tomorrow with the courageous work that they implement today. Let me back y'all up for a second. Take a breath. You with me? Take a moment. I am about to bring to you this vivacious, brilliant, magnificent woman who I've had the privilege and opportunity to share space and time and energy with. She is phenomenal as a human, as a person, as a friend, as a sister, as an auntie, as a lover to her husband. Let me be very clear about that. And all the places in between. She is absolutely about you creating a reset to your mindset and in your real estate because she is absolutely a mogul. I wouldn't even say in the making. I was going to say in the making. She is officially a mogul in the real estate industry. I have to welcome to the stage Atia Blair. Her background is a TV producer and host. She also still hosts the One Question interview, which I've just been digitally stalking, and I saw that recently for her. And she went from flipping houses and making sure that she made money and understanding the the bare bones of construction and all the things that they said women couldn't do in the real estate market to now owning a bunch of keys. Atia Blair, welcome to the Balance Bowley Podcast Show. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for that amazing, amazing introduction. I'm so excited uh, to share. So great seeing you. You know, we've, uh, it's been over a decade that you and I have known each other now. I met you when I was uh, in my first failing business, which I'll surely uh, share and talk about today. So thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and certainly honored to be one of your luminaries. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. So you guys don't know that even though T and I know each other for well over a decade, I have been trying to secure the bag with her to get her on this show and illuminate her for at least eight months. I'm throwing a little shade on purpose and she knew it was coming because I warned her because she's so booked and busy, which I super appreciate and I really do honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have been trying to get her to this show for forever. But because she is dedicated to her craft and to her man, she needed to make sure she prioritized, which in my heart, she knows I really do appreciate, even though I'm throwing some shade because we couldn't get her before. <laughs> But we are really glad you're here now. So I would love for you to take an opportunity for everyone listen and just share a little bit about what you're doing now and how you got here. Sure, sure. I'd love to. So um, I am a real estate investor. I invest primarily in small multifamily properties. I'm picking up, you know, anywhere between a million and three million dollars uh, in properties every year. I am also a real estate mentor. I love, love, love teaching other women how to invest boldly in real estate, how to invest with confidence in what we know to be a male-dominated industry. Uh, about uh, 90% of the folks who come to learn from me are women. Um, and about 90% are also uh, people of different, um, you know, of color, of different backgrounds. Um, not just African-Americans, everyone's welcome, but that's who hangs out and uh, I love it. Um, so as far as how I got started, you know, if I can go all the way back to my childhood, because that's really when I was picking things up, my father, he yeah. was a general contractor since the day I was born and we didn't have a lot of money. 
So guess what? Daddy's jobs, that's what that was our daycare. That was our after school care, right? And so daddy would pick us up from school and we would be running around sheetrock and running around <laughs> like, don't touch that, you're gonna itch for days. You know, and um, little did I know that I was just picking up so much, even, you know, on the way to school, my dad, because my dad was an entrepreneur, my mom, you know, she worked a job. She stayed at home with us um, in the early years, but then she began to work when we got a little older. And, um, you know, my dad would be picking up his crew. So he'd be, you know, we'll be in the car on the way to school and he's picking up his guys, you know. And so mm-hmm. being around that environment. I think it's safe to say at this point, I was obviously picking up a lot more than I thought. And um, so that's where it really started. And so, but I went on to go to college and I got a degree in broadcast journalism because I always love to talk. I really do believe that um, speaking is the gift that God gave me. Uh, That is my true calling and my purpose. And that was pretty evident, um, you know, since I was a little girl, I was a kid in every school play and every church play. Um, you know, I used to run for student government president and I won in every school, elementary, middle school. Uh, you was that girl. The job. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really want the job. I just wanted, I knew if I got elected, I can get on stage and speak. And, <laughs> and so, um, so with that, I naturally pursued a career in broadcast journalism Uh, During my 10-year career, I worked for NBC, Fox, and CBS News. Uh, I started off at the early age of 19. I landed my first job. I I got the job. I was like, do they know how old I am? (laughs) But I got it. I was always super ambitious. I just went for it. And uh, at that time, I was in college. I was 19. I was in college, um, and I was working a full-time job uh, at um, a home improvement company. Wow. I married the two and was able to slide in in the sales department because for the home improvement company, I ran the telemarketing, um, um, you know, department. I was so crazy. (laughs) So I was there from 16. So by 19, I was running the place Mm -hmm. um, and training everybody. And so I, with that on my resume, with, you know, my journalism uh, studies on my resume, they hired me to go into the sales department at the TV station. I said, I'm coming, I'm doing this job, but I want to be in the newsroom. Just like, <laughs> that's and uh, so that was my start in television. Um, after that, I went into uh, an apprenticeship at CBS News. Now, mm-hmm. we did the TV show, The Apprentice, it was just like that. I did different jobs around the newsroom. I did that for a year. And then after that, I was a television producer for the remainder of my career, which was maybe the last six years. Wow. Um, and so I moved it moved me around Baltimore, D.C., North Carolina, landed in Philly, where my honey is. Um, yes, yes. Honey is hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we had met and, uh, you know, he wanted to get serious and asked me to come live closer to him. And I said, <laughs> so, and he was worth it because I met your husband and he is such a gentleman he's incredible this year is year 12 and I'm just more and more in love with him um, every year and I'm grateful because I know that's not how it always goes um, we've grown together very nicely and I'm super grateful for that um, so fast forward I'm in this TV job and it's considered cool, right? Looking from the outside in, you're working on television, you're a producer, you're with all the mm-hmm. I got to meet folks like, you know, Oprah Winfrey and Rain Wilson and Patti LaBelle and all these celebrities, um, Chris Rock, you know, all these celebrities are coming through the uh, newsroom, but I wasn't happy. 
Yeah. As time passed, I was more and more miserable. I yeah. wanted to be in a place. I actually come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Um, my grandparents, both of my, my mom and my father were entrepreneurs. So it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself, I, 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 I don't like having boundaries on me. I don't have, mm-hmm. I, I don't like having limits on me. Yeah. Working for someone else, you have to play by their rules, get their permission for a promotion, get their permission for more income, get their permission, you know, to adjust your hours or to take off. And uh, yeah. it didn't work for me. The two weeks of vacation for someone who I love to travel. I got the travel bug early in life. Mm-hmm. I'm a generation American. My, my uh, family's from Trinidad. Um, so I've been traveling since I was a little girl and I just, I needed those limits off of me. Yeah. And, um, so in 2011, this is year 10, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, uh, in 2011, I, you know, um, just decided to leave and it was a hard decision. It was a scary decision, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And people who knew me, well, people who didn't know me because I, I, I was 27 years old, making mm-hmm. almost a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that's like the, the Mecca for folks to get to six figures. So I'm at like 92,000, um, getting ready to cross a hundred thousand, but I wasn't happy. And I left and people were like, are you crazy? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> people knew me well. They were like, yeah, mm-hmm. you should be leaving. You should do mm-hmm. your own thing. So, um, five years in business, the first five years in business failed miserably. I had mm-hmm. a consulting business. It never really took off. It's because I wasn't in my lane and, um, you know, I hit a crossroad where I said, okay, I'm not making much money at all. I really felt embarrassed, ashamed, scared. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in my life, I was used to being a, a high achiever. For the first time, I'm just like, just not even meeting my expectations, let alone someone else's. And so I gave myself two choices. It's like, you know, because I thought about going to, to get a job, going back to get a job. I knew I could get a job making a hundred thousand bucks and mm-hmm. not bad money. And, um, you know, uh, but I just knew it wasn't right for me. And the thought of clocking in again made me sick to my stomach. Yes. It takes freedom like that for five years. Um, so I gave myself two choices. I said, Atia, either you figure this out or you're going to figure this out. And so guess what I did? I figured it out. Figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I said, okay, let me do a flip. You know, I got, I, I was already, so it's interesting because uh, I was always really fascinated with real estate. When I got that first full-time uh, TV producer job, it was in North Carolina in 2007. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wanted to become a homeowner at that time. So I did buy my first property in North Carolina in 2007, but I had never considered investing in real estate full-time. Mm. Um, I was always interested in it and I knew I wanted to get some, but you know, it just wasn't a career path. So anyway, fast forward, here we are in 2014 mm-hmm. and so I did my first flip and oh my God, I made more money on that first flip than I had made all year in my other business. So guess mm-hmm. what I did? I shut down all that business. I, shut I know that's right. I fired all of my clients. I said, mm-hmm. great, but you know, but it's time to move on. And I went full-time in real estate. And so that first year, 
I went on to do three more flips. I made six figures in that first year as a full-time real estate investor. I was like, this is it. I loved every part about it. I was not intimidated the way many women feel because I was blessed to have that experience with my father um, yeah. and all his all his um, buddies, you know, they were, you know, warm and, and nice to me. So I never, you know, felt intimidated about the environment. And uh, I went full steam ahead. Now I'll tell you that first year that I was flipping, I was like, this is good. But then when it came time to pay the taxes, I was like, this is not good. And ah. so I said, you know, cause you know, we watched the flipping shows, right? And they're like, I put in 50,000 and you know, I, or I bought it for 50,000. I rehabbed it for 50,000 and you know, I'm all in at a hundred. And then I sold it for 200,000. So I made a hundred thousand bucks. No, you, depending on your tax bracket, you made 60, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. It depends. Um, so I had to think of a new strategy and that strategy is a, a buy and hold strategy that I'm using. So I don't sell much anymore these days. I'm holding everything. Oh my God. So, you know, what's interesting as I'm listening, cause I didn't know a lot of this stuff, right? Like from that 2000, probably 14 period on, is brand new other than the professional digital stalking that I've been doing because you know that I fan and follow you and you know make sure I cheerlead you on and all the things that you're doing over the course of the years for anything that's public facing that you share but I also know you're a very private person which I do know that about you but something that's interesting that I heard through the, the story share that you mentioned is when I met you, which was roughly 2011-ish around that same time, because at the time my failed business was a staffing agency with a professional development arm. I lost $100,000 in that really quickly. And we flipped out of that, or in your words, we reset our mindset around it so we could go into other spaces and places and get closer to really stepping into the true liberating boundaries that would allow us to be expansive and what we wanted. But when I met you, you already had two properties, at least, because you had the North Carolina house, which I think you were renting. You had your beautiful home on Delaware County, which when I visited, the first thing that I thought was, oh my God, you have such an eye for interior design. And so I know, and I didn't know anything about your construction background in terms of your dad, right? Like that wasn't a story you had ever shared. I know that your mom has a really good eye, has, you know, a really good eye for that. So I remember like those pieces, but it wasn't just like, this is well put together. This was, no, this is a gift. This is not just a, oh, she know how to throw a couple of really good pieces together type of house. So I did remember that. I even remembered when I had uh, the brick and mortar location out in Delaware County, one of maybe the second or third time, I can't remember, that you walked in, you was like, listen, you need to do something with this space. Yes. And I mean, you said it with love, of course, right? But you, you really, and I pride myself on like loving interior design, but I was overwhelmed with all of that space. And I think it was partially because I just wasn't connected. Like, what are you doing? You have this 1500 square foot, six office space and you don't have enough clients for this child. So I think there was like a lot of that stuff in my head too. But you walked in and you were like, no, Nikita, you can do so much with this room because your eye was already connected to the possibilities. And it wasn't just, uh, how do I say this, a landscape possibility. So I saw that. I remember when you and your husband moved and got the other house built out, I think in Washington, D.C. or wherever you guys moved around that time. And I remember you showed you know, a few of the pictures of it being put together and your office was gorgeous and i'm like who designed this and you're like uh me <laughs> 
And now you get to pull all of those pieces, including the part that I didn't know, right, about your the scripts that were created with you and for you by your dad by exposing you to all of that construction and making you feel comfortable and where a lot of women would not feel comfortable. And for those of you who don't know what Atia looks like, she is very feminine. So you would not assume that she's going to put on a hard hat and, you know, walk in a building that has a hole in the side of the wall that the floor may or may not be in there, right? Like some of these places, especially in your quote unquote rehab hat that you go in and I've seen the before and after. And it's not just the you know, the walls are put back up. The roof is, is good. It's painting on the outside. You design a lot of these spaces. Some I know that you flipped into Airbnb, some multi um, multi-family properties and things like that. You're able to literally pull all of those gifts together and then still use your speaking gift, your purpose and your, because you're not just a speaker, in my opinion, you're also a teacher. And I know like one of my aunts has gone to one of your um, incubators that you've put together your intensives. I think you do it a couple of days and you put them on a, on a bus and you take them through the neighborhoods and like you do all the things. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're literally pulling it all together, Atiyah. And there's a lot of women and a few brave men that are listening to this thinking, well, I feel like I'm the jack of all trades because I have all these different things too and they don't know how to pull it together. What would you say to them for that? Well, that's a really good question. So I don't think it's a good idea to be a jack of all trades because for you to grow something um, to a level of significance, you have to focus on it. You have to nurture it. You have to get in the weeds, get into the details. So all of the things that I'm doing um, it's really a spinoff of one thing. So I, I decided to focus on, you know, real estate investing um, mm -hmm. and flipping. And then that spun into me buying and holding properties. And so from that, there's the acquisition side, the construction side, and then the property management, the long term holding of the property. Yeah. And then from that, um, you know, uh, I had, you know, my Airbnb business started when I had this one rental that was really awkward and no one wanted to rent the thing. And I know that I'm good with design. So I said, if I design it, no one will care anymore. And that's what I did. And that thing uh, cash flows like crazy. And so then I started a bunch of other Airbnbs because the, the cash flow is so good. Um, I'm really, at this point, I put an Airbnb in every multifamily property uh, that I owned. I rolled out. Nice. Uh, I'm sitting in my office, which is a commercial mixed um, building. And I have an Airbnb above my head. <laughs> Long-term rentals above my head. Um, wow. Yeah. And so, um, so then that's how Airbnb was born. So boom, that's a added revenue stream. And then from there, people are watching me like a Tia, teach me, teach me, teach me. And I know I couldn't possibly, you know, teach everybody one-on-one. -on -one, and so I've created, you know, two separate programs. Uh, one is a two day workshop, you know, that you mentioned one of your family members came to uh, how to build a million dollar real estate portfolio in one year. And with that, I decided on that name because in my community, I really want to normalize the conversation around, you know, us women, you know, becoming millionaires. It's for us too. We can do yeah. it too. Uh, and real estate, I think most of us know real estate makes more millionaires than any other industry. Um, so I have that. So that was a spinoff. And then the next spinoff was my students saying, hey, Atiyah, these two days are amazing. I have tons of testimonials. They're buying properties, making money. But then there's some people who want to build out a larger portfolio. They want to do it faster. And real estate, you know, everybody wants to invest because you can make a lot of money if you do it. However, if you make mistakes, the mistakes are very expensive. So you can lose a lot of money. 
Uh, folks saying, Atia, I still want you to hold my hand. I still want to hang out with you. So then I created a six month um, coaching program and that's called Roadmap to Millionaire. Uh, that's fairly new in its first year. Uh, it's incredible. Um, you know, the results that my students are getting there. Um, so to answer your question, it wasn't like I just said, oh, I'm going to do all of these things. Been <laughs> off. You know, there was a need and I yeah. fulfilled the need as entrepreneurs. Um, that's where we make our money. There's a need in the marketplace. We satisfy their need or there's a problem. We get paid for solving problems. So everything I do, I'm problem solving all day. You know, these properties that I buy, they're falling down. No one wants them. It's a problem. I take on that problem and I take cash mm -hmm. and I take it to the bank. You know, Airbnb, you know, people need a place, a place to stay. You know, a lot of during COVID, especially uh, I went from doing a lot of two and three day stays to two and three month stays. Wow. Seasons. And so people had a problem. They needed temporary housing. I provided a solution. Um, so yeah, everything that I'm doing is a spinoff. The next thing that I might do, I'm still, you know, I'll probably do it. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll do it. Um, so event spaces and it's real estate based. I will own the property. So I have um, three, I have six properties under construction right now, six small multifamily properties under construction now. Three of them are commercial mixed use. So it's like the storefront on the bottom, the apartments upstairs. And so, you know, I've been thinking about doing an event space. They're, you know, very lucrative. Obviously with COVID events aren't popping as much, but COVID is, it's, it's not going to last forever. We're going to get back. Right. We're all eager to just kind of get back to our lives. So um, thinking about, you know, opening up an event space and that'll be an, another revenue stream, another spinoff by solving a problem, providing a solution for folks. Mm, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you share that. You heard what she's doing next, guys. So make sure that if you're interested in any of this, of understanding how to hold the keys and move from maybe that space of rehabbing and flipping and dealing with that, I guess, a good problem of issues with taxes from all the money that you're making, but you're not getting as much as you would like. And there's another way to do it. She has this two-day workshop and she also has the six-month six month coaching program. In addition to you heard it here first, this new possibility of what's coming with the event spaces. Uh, so even in that, I can see that being another uh, level or stream that's created because the market is asking for you to close that gap and to help them with that. That sounds exactly like what you should be doing. You went deep and not just wide. And it might look like it's wide to other people by embracing your talents, your skills, and your gifts as a, a natural speaker and a facilitator and a trainer, and these hidden gifts that maybe not people outside of your circle wouldn't necessarily know that you're also a really good designer and, and all those things, but you actually just went deep. So I hope you guys that are listening to this really hear the meat of what Atia is saying about resetting is not just looking at, well, how can you just do everything different, but really looking at how you can do things different to better the people that you want to serve in a deeper way, a more impactful way, so you can illuminate them as well as illuminate yourself, your brand, your business, and expand your money and your boundaries. So I love that on so many levels. You're such a gift. I need to know with everything that you have going on, and I we only touched on high level because I know you work out and you and your husband love traveling. Like I've seen it, I've seen the tacos on Thanksgiving, right? Like I've seen it. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> on the, uh, um, I don't know, I can't remember if you guys were on a yacht or whatever it was, because I know you do a lot. I know you're also very serious about philanthropy and charity and giving back and loading up trucks of food and supplies when people are in need. Like I know for you, it's more than just collecting a bag. Like money is important, but I know that you use it as a tool to really help in other areas of your life, including personal things. Like I remember seeing probably a few years ago at this point, I think your niece had just turned, what, 16? Yes. And you gifted her a house. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was special. That is really special. So you're not just saying the things and teaching it to other people, you're literally living fully, which is what I stand for. You are walking your talk and teaching it and showing other people the way. So with all that you're doing and everything else that's private in your life that we haven't talked about, mm -hmm. how are you giving yourself permission to pause? Uh, so that's a really good question. I think I'm in constant permission mode. <laughs> when I need a minute, I take it, you know, um, so, you know, the work that I do is very overwhelming. It's a lot. Uh, so a few things I do. One, I'm outsourcing like crazy. I'm hiring like crazy because uh, I am only one person. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm building a team of people who are smarter than me, who can tackle the tasks that either I'm not good at or I don't want to be good at. Right. I don't want to learn any more about accounting. You just do the books, please. And thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, outsourcing, so that allows me to uh, maintain or create more freedom. Um, also, um, you know, I go to the chiropractor every week. Um, I um, carve out time, you know, for my workouts early in the morning. Um, and it's awesome because my husband works just as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> so we'll kind of pass each other in the hallway. He'll pat me on the butt. I'll give him a kiss, you know. <laughs> So it works really well. Uh, being home together for COVID was awesome. We loved it. Um, and But then in the evening, we do. We sit down. We have dinner together every evening. Yeah. Even if we go back to uh, work after dinner, because sometimes mm -hmm. we do. Um, he has a busy season. Uh, he yeah. has a, an accountant. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, I, I make time, you know, um, because if I don't take care of me, how can I take care of anyone else? How can I help? anyone else. And this is something that I have to talk to my students about, you know, very early on uh, in the mentorship process, because I think a lot of us want to help and a lot of us want to give back. But I make it very clear to them that what I'm able to do, you know, the $40,000 that we raised for the hurricane victims in the yeah. the school that we sponsor um, in, in Africa, the orphanage that we sponsor, uh, we are putting many, um, many of our children. So our children are rented. We prefer to rent our children. <laughs> We're putting a lot of our um, kids through uh, there in private school. Uh, we have a few family members that we're helping with college. Uh, there's one family member that we subsidize their entire, you know, it's private, so I won't say who it is, but we yeah. uh, it's subsidized their, well, two actually at this point because of COVID. Uh, we were just paying for them to live, period. I tell them we're able to do that because we put on our oxygen mask and we yes. so that it was on tight and secure for a long time, right? So a lot of people, the second they get a couple of dollars, they want to start dishing out and doing it here and there. And, you know, I, I understand the heart to give, but think about the impact you'll have, you know, so let's say you're making 40,000, right? And you start, you know, just helping everybody and, 
you know, it's not much left to reinvest in your business because your business is a baby. You got to feed that thing or it's going to That's right. Right? That's right. You reinvest in your business, reinvest in yourself so both your, your business and yourself will grow. And so let's say you do that, right? Instead of starting, you know, passing out the money to everybody, then you get to 400,000. Imagine the impact, the, the difference in the impact that you can make at 400,000 versus 40,000. And let's say you're at 400,000. You help a little here and there because you can, but you still understand the need to feed the baby, feed the business, feed yourself, grow, right? And you get to 4 million. Imagine the impact you make at 4 million versus at 400,000. So it's great to give, but you got to make sure your oxygen mask is on, it's on tight um, before you just start, you know, taking money out of the pot because that snowball effect is real. And, you know, you take away from that when you start giving out money too soon. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like and I this this is an assumption that you haven't read it yet, but I feel like you've read the book that I wrote, which was really just a survivor memoir of yeah. my life mm -hmm. called Selfish. Mm -hmm. um, and the subtitle of that is Permission to Pause, Live, Love, and Laugh Your Way to Joy. Everything you just said, if you swap out real estate <laughs> for that and instead put in the personal development, the personal transformation work, because it is work and we both know that as women who have invested in ourselves and, and with other coaches and mentors and incubators and business advisors and all of that, it is super important. Everything Atia just said, I feel like it's ripped from a, a version of the, the pages that I don't honestly think you even had a chance to read yet with like your crazy, wild, awesome, productive schedule. But it's literally about redefining, redefining selfish behavior, especially when you're intentional to give yourself that personal, intimate gift to create your joy. You cannot do that if you're breastfeeding all the other babies and not taking care of yourself. And if you happen to be an entrepreneur or a high performing achiever inside of a, a system or an organization, if you're not taking care of that, if you're getting lost in all the, oh, I have to give, I have to do, people need me to do and not really pulling back and saying to Atiyah's point, put that oxygen mask back on yourself, breathe a little. Get some energy, get that oxygen flow into your heart before you start doing all the things because you will be the one that sits in resentment and regret at some point. Yeah, we really are the architects of our lives. And when we fully, fully understand that, fully take responsibility, I think in many cases, especially like if you have folks working in corporate America like I was, I could have easily blamed my employer. Oh, I'm here because it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault, right? But the truth is we are the architects of our own lives. We can make the decisions that we want. You know, we design our lives. And so that's exactly what I'm doing. And one thing that makes that so critical for me is because, you know, unfortunately, I've now buried both my mother and my father. And uh, I ache, you know, for them daily. And yes. it's a constant reminder to me that I only get to do this once. So guess what? I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. I'm going to live the life that I want to live. I'm going to work the hours that I want to work. I'm going to spend time with the people that I want to spend time with. Because when I was in corporate America, you know, working in TV, I produced the, the weekend shows a lot mm -hmm. of times. So I, I didn't have, you know, my weekends with my family. I'll never get that time back, but I'll make sure that that never happens again. Um, mm -hmm. so we really are the architects of our lives and I'm designing a life that I love and everyone under the sound of my voice can do the exact same thing. It's not easy. Certainly the work that I'm doing is not easy, 
but it is certainly easier than working for an employer that I, I, I don't like, that doesn't feed me or serve me. Uh, and it's a lot easier than regret. You know, that, that regret, you know, I got to listen to both of my parents. Um, you know, I, I spent quite a bit of time with them in the, their last days. So they were both very sick leading up to their passing. And they just talked about the things they wish they mm. could have done or should have done. Um, yeah. So it's a reminder to me. Um, and they worked so hard to make sure that I, myself and my siblings, we have the best life possible. And, um, you know, I am, I'm standing on their shoulders. And a lot of the things that they struggle through, I do not have to, and I will not do. And I'm passing that energy on to the next generation. My niece that you talked about, she was actually here visiting. Her house is done. She has this cash flowing asset. It's a duplex. She has a property that puts off $2,000 a month and she's 17 years old. Yes. Um, and so you better believe that's going to change her mindset about money. That's going to change her mindset about exchanging time for money. Um, and that's just going to um, just, she'll never be satisfied with just a job, right? Yeah. See. Uh, the, the the quality of life that you can have is just different. So yeah, my point is uh, we have the power to design our lives. We have to stop blaming our employer and blaming our parents who didn't give us an opportunity or blame whoever it is we're blaming our significant other who we, it is our life. We are the architects of our own lives. So let's build what we want. Mm. Mike drop moment on all the levels. Oh my God, Tia, we could like literally have a whole deeper level conversation on so many of the aspects of everything you just shared. But to give, leave a little anticipation and a little bit of teasing for everyone who's listening, how can they connect with you? Yeah, um, the, the two best ways to connect with me these days are on Instagram and on Clubhouse. So on Instagram, I am at Atia Blair. I'm always sharing free. If you are interested in investing in real estate, and I find that most people are, I'm sharing lots of free information there uh, on my Instagram page. And I even have a, if you click the link in my bio, I have a free masterclass that I break down the strategy that I'm using to invest in real estate easier, faster, with less money, time, and stress. Uh, so click there on my Instagram page. And then on Clubhouse, I'm at a T on Clubhouse. Follow me and set your alerts to ping you every time I pop up. Um, <laughs> so you can get in some of these rooms because uh, it's not just myself. It's other brilliant real estate investors that I'm sharing the stage with, other amazing women in business. So you follow me, you'll uh, get a, a breadcrumb trail to so many other things, so many other amazing folks. Mm, I love this so much. Oh, Atia, you are a true gift. You know how I feel about you. I have not been shy about sharing that on or off the air. And I really do appreciate you carving out time today to share your journey, your story, your growth through into the next level of yourself, all that you've accomplished and some of the hardships that you as well, because most people think like you just woke up like this and as beat as her face is and as amazing as she is with energy and all that, she did not just wake up like this. She had to grow through her own process. And I really do honor you for carving out this time to share with us today. It Thank matters you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate your friendship. You know, over the years, we don't talk as often as we like to, but I know the love is always there. I love seeing your growth as well. Uh, this podcast is amazing. And so I thank you so much for, for having me on. I'm I'll stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
you know I'm not shy. So I'm like, yeah, keep talking, keep talking. No, stop it. <laughs> um, you have been such a gift. Balance boldly listeners. Woo! Like, seriously, did that not just brighten up your entire life? I know you're going to want to replay this. You're going to want to bookmark it. But I'm going to humbly ask you to review it, share it, and make sure that someone else in your life receives this episode. She is changing lives generation after generation, not just by giving them some great information. Atia Blair is equipping people to do something different that can create change beyond their current circumstance. So you can architect your new life. You can create that joy for yourself. If you are already not a fan, well, be one. You have all the information that you need right now. You guys know how to find us. If you want any other information on the Balance Bully podcast or anything else that we do in the Certified Selfish private Facebook group for power couples and married women entrepreneurs, just follow me at Ask Nikita on whatever platform suits your heart because we happen to be everywhere. I appreciate you. I endure the fact that you are also carving out this time. And I really extra respect you giving yourself permission to pause. But remember, do it boldly.